Hey guys, welcome back to No Content. My name's Ryan. That's Pixel over there. We have no topics for today, dude. <laughs> we... Hey, I mean, you know what? That's the title of our podcast. It's No yeah. Content, right? I know. I, you, yeah, I guess that's true, man. How how you been? <laughs> How's your week been, man? Uh, you know, it's been pretty slow. Um, not, not much has been going on. So I was just working. just been chilling. I've been watching a few uh, animes again. What? Like picking okay. that back up. What? So... I didn't know you even watched anime in the first place, to be honest. <laughs> it's because I haven't done it in forever. Oh, okay. What are you, what are you watching then? Um, I've been watching the new episodes of One Punch Man. Okay. And uh, finally catching up on, or actually starting, Attack on Titan. Okay, okay, okay. So, here's the thing. I don't, I don't watch anime at all, okay. but I like reading manga. Because I feel like I can consume it faster. That is true. Yeah. And you get, and I like comics more because you get more of like the in-depth vibe of like, of like the characters' thoughts in manga, where I feel like in like, like anime, you can't really like get that same vibe. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of these anime start off as manga, and you know that was like the original format you know like that was how it was originally intended to be consumed and like there's all these wonderful stories and they're created for that format yeah so you definitely lose something when it comes to anime but and some and and you know in some cases they also like milk the hell out of these things yeah oh yeah so that was another thing is like i don't like filler yeah i don't i don't like i don't like that at all so for me it kind of sucks but then the problem is like filler seems to be so like integral with anime now, right? Like if I skip over the filler, they'll make references to the filler episodes <laughs> and then I don't understand yeah. what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, so then I'm yeah. like missing out, but okay. So you said you were watching one punch man mm-hmm. and attack on Titan. Yeah. Okay. So attack on Titan, I know because it's like pretty popular Mm-hmm. Um, I do read the manga. I do keep up with that. One Punch Man. I have no idea what's about. Is that the bald headed kid? Yeah, it's the okay. bald guy. Okay. Um, so basically, he's like a, a superhero, and like he's just so incredibly powerful that he's basically invincible, and that he defeats any enemy with a single punch. Okay. And so, um, that's pretty cool. It's like I heard it's funny. And I heard, I heard it's pretty funny, and the, us Japanese people aren't known for comedy, so it's like one of those <laughs> things where it's like, you know, like, okay, props to you, Japan, you know, shout outs to yeah, you, yeah. we're just known for, well, like, well, mecha robots and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, well done, you finally put out a funny anime, no, I'm kidding. No, like, no, mm, true, <laughs> kind of true, kind of true, kind of true. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun anime, it's just, but, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Okay, fair, but here's, here's my point. How is the intro song for One Punch Man? Because for me, the anime, ha- the intro song to an anime has to be as engaging as the show itself. That's pretty high on my list, to be honest. True. Like, I almost, okay, here, okay, first of all, let's get these questions out of the way before we dive deeper. One, subbed or dubbed? Subbed. Okay. Two, do you skip the anime intro every time? Are you a 50-50 guy, or do you listen to the whole thing every time? I skip the intro. What? 
Okay, I never okay. skip the intro. It <laughs> sets the stage for what I'm about to consume. It, okay, so here's the thing. There are some anime that I don't skip the intro, and that's, like, very rare for me because mm-hmm. a lot of intros actually don't have very good songs. Are you kidding and, me? Compared to American TV. Compared to American TV, absolutely. Like, you know, what? They, like, you know, Japanese anime, they, they license some really awesome, like, J-rock and J-pop and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, Naruto is, like, the best soundtrack out of, like, any anime that I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's stuff that I will not skip. But, you know, for, like, One Punch Man, I'll skip it because I, I think it's actually kind of forgettable. Okay, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> you know, when I'm about to see, like, a bunch of, like, mech robots kill each other, you know, in Evangelion, I just really want to be psyched by that, like, really poppy <laughs> Japanese intro that has nothing to do with the actual anime itself, which I still I... don't understand how it's not iconic. Man, uh, I just want to get to the meat of the, the story. Just like, get me in there already. I don't need to watch an, a 90 second intro sequence. Like, I'm are you good. Kidding? No, that's <laughs> so, that's not the point, Pixel. The point is to, it's like, that's like saying, like, going to like a six course meal and then just being like, just bring on the main course. It's, it's an event. <laughs> it should be treated as such. At least for me, that's how I do it because I don't like I don't watch much anime to be honest. Oh um, man, just like put it all in a blender and give it to me in a cup. Wow. <laughs> all right, that's how it'd be like, I guess. So basically, <laughs> you're sa- so basically, your week has just been playing anime or watching anime and vegging out. Uh, past few days, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, that's not too bad of a weekend, <laughs> to be honest. By the way, guys, we're recording this on Monday for anyone who didn't know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, yeah, man, we we don't have like any topics, so I feel like we just got to kind of think of like whatever we want to on the fly, which I'm yeah, perfectly we'll fine see. with. But I think this is bringing it back to like the old school episodes or whatever. Sure. Um, I will. OK, so I will ask this. Do, do you watch Black Mirror? Um, I've seen like a couple episodes. <sighs> OK, so <laughs> Black Mirror season five, I think, comes out Wednesday night um i'm definitely gonna be just like watching it i think it comes out like wednesday afternoon i don't even know but that's like the show i'm like really looking forward to right now oh yeah Um, what do you like about it so i really like so here's the thing my type of movie is a movie that like either has a very unique storyline or kind of like makes you think about like not your existence per se but makes you have a different perspective on life so like a lot Mm. of movies that like are you know like based on a true story and it's like like i like a lot of military movies because like i've never been in the military uh i've never been in that time period where like war was an actual threat right like world war ii let's say or something like that so i like like time period movies a lot right because it puts me into like a different perspective of Mm -hmm. human history but like one of my favorite movies of all time for for example would be like inception I ranked that movie like really high up there. It's like original okay. story. Um, it doesn't give away anything in the trailer. The movie mm-hmm. itself doesn't really give much besides the fact that it's like, this is like one person's story. Like how many people know about inception? Like how was it invented? Like, we don't know, but just go with it. Like that's, this sure. is their story. You're just along for the ride. You don't need to know anything about the lore, you know, what day and age this is, all this type of stuff. And you just kind of go with it. And that's kind of, how I feel with Black Mirror, at least like the earlier seasons, they used to be like different. The episodes used to be longer. Like there'd be like 90 minute episodes 
and a season would be like three episodes. Now it's like totally changed and they're like Netflix exclusive. So now they're like hmm. seven to eight episodes and some of them are really short <laughs> and stuff like that. So they're definitely like a hit or miss on some of the episodes. Last season, I didn't really enjoy, but, mm -hmm. and I think they're like kind of going with like, they're starting to repeat themes so the general gist of the show for anyone who doesn't know is it's in the future and the episodes may or may not be linked together in the same time period or whatever but it's just like different random pieces of technology and future tech that's affecting like society as a whole mm -hmm. uh, and I've, i always really like that concept but i'm kind of concerned because like the last couple of seasons they've kind of like repeated like they've reused tech and stuff like that and kind of like throwing it back to earlier seasons which i don't really like even though there's no real linkage right like um right there's this technology that they use that's mentioned since season one called cookies where it's literally just like a carbon copy of your of your brain put into an artificial intelligence so okay. think of like think of like a really really advanced think of like they take your conscience and put it into an ai and then put that ai into like an alexa or a siri Right. Or Google okay, Home. Yeah. And now that like Google Home knows exactly what you want when you want it, because it's literally you. So hmm. then it brings into the concept like, well, is this a person? Does it have a soul? You know what I mean? Like, is this right. abusing them? Because you're literally like imprisoning them. They're literally a carbon copy of you, at least like, you know, in code. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some of the episodes this season, like they, they do the, like, these teaser trailers. Some of the episodes are kind of like. Okay, this one's clearly about cookies. You know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. one's clearly about that AI again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're running out of ideas and they're just kind of rehashing old things and trying to tweak it a little bit, but they're kind of like wearing thin. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. I'm definitely gonna binge watch it, but I don't know, man. It's yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's really it's... wearing thin on me it's it's like it's one of those shows where you like you feel like you've covered everything that you want to cover and i think it's a good time to just end the show on a high note mm -hmm. and i think a lot of shows don't know when to actually do that true, they get to the true. point where they just kind of drag it out and just kind of keep on hoping that they just get viewers but they just kind of trickle away um yeah so if this is the case, it might be a good idea for black mirror to say like you know what i'm good yeah, see i i I'm ending on a high note. Yeah, the thing is, too, that I don't get about it is it's not like a traditional American TV shows where it's like the same characters, the same cast. Like each episode can be watched like individually on its own, almost like a short film. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So you would think that because of that, the writers would literally have like freedom to do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? But True. like, for example, like last season or I think a couple seasons ago, I can't really remember. It's all like blending together. But there was an episode where these people go on a date or these people go to like a futuristic society where they go on a date and this thing's supposed to match them with like your perfect match. It's supposed to be like 99.7% mm -hmm. correct. And uh, they get matched and all this stuff happens. And at the end of it, it zooms out. And it's like, actually, it's just in their phone. And it's just an advanced feature of Tinder. And these huh. two people chose each other 99.7% of the time, and they're actually meeting in a bar in, like, present mm -hmm. day, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh, wow. And then there's, like, an episode this time around, and it looks like what it's about is, like, once again, some type of app looks kind of like a futuristic Uber, and, like, the Uber driver goes crazy. And, like, everyone's on their phone mm -hmm. and, like, taking pictures and recording and doesn't really care, yeah. and they're, like, kind of locked in their phone. Like, yeah. It's like, why are we doing this again? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of futuristic, but still has like modern sort of connections. 
like right. to Tinder and Uber and things like that. Right. But I think they they have a lot of room to expand. Like they're doing a sci-fi show. Like if you're I doing know. sci-fi and futuristic stuff, like you have an open canvas. You yeah. can literally pick anything that you want because it's futuristic. You can just say like, "Hey, this is what it's like in the future." And right. you can you can write about almost anything. And I'm surprised that they're reusing stuff. It, it it definitely feels like that. And then like there's another episode they tease, so it's not a spoiler. Like I don't know anything about it, but it's starring Miley Cyrus, which actually she looks like she's gonna be a pretty good role in this. But in the episode, what it looks like is that she's some type of like pop singer who's like super happy and like bubbly and cheerful, and they've created like mm-hmm. a cookie version of her to make like a Furby. That will huh. be like your best friend. And then for some reason, like halfway through the teaser trailer, they like hack the Furby or like code it or something and it becomes like its own personality in a robot i see what you mean about like the cookies showing and there's up the cookie and, and there's the cookie thing again right um yeah. and, and there's just like little things like that where it's just like i don't know man i just i really want it to be good but i feel like a lot of shows um like you said i totally agree just need to know when to end um mm-hmm. it's kind of the reason why i don't watch them but like i know with like korean dramas because i know a lot of my friends they watch them there's some mm-hmm. Korean dramas that only go for like 15 episodes and then they're done. Like it's very, it makes a lot. Yeah, you know, it makes a lot okay. of sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It makes a lot of sense. Like you have a story, you get in, you get out, and that's the end of the story. Like it, it's adding extra episodes doesn't look good if all you're doing is just kind of like dragging it out, putting in filler episodes and stuff like that. Yeah, and a lot of. Uh, like anime shows would do a run like that. They would do like one season or two seasons. They tell the story, and when the arc is over, that's it. There's mm-hmm. there's no beginning of a new arc. That's like you've told the story you want to tell, tell, and that's it. Yeah. So I feel like so I feel like that happened. Did you ever watch Man in the High Castle? Uh, no, but I want to. Okay. So I mean. Like the general story, but it's based on a book. But in the book, the book's kind of written like a history book ish, and it's if what if the Nazis had won World War Two, right? And mm-hmm. so for that show, it's pretty good. But it's like that should have probably stayed one season. It's going on to like three seasons. You know, I feel the same mm-hmm. way. I just recently like two ti- two point five times speed all of Dexter <laughs> <laughs> recently. Um, and that show should have been like maybe one season, maybe two. Like I feel like, <laughs> have you watched Dexter? Yeah, I've seen like five seasons of it. Okay, yeah. So I feel like after like the second or third season, it got really repetitive. It was like, okay, there's a yeah. new main arc villain guy who they don't know, but he's tra- he's challenging Dexter. You know what I mean? He's the new mm-hmm. mass murderer of this of this place in Florida, which, by the way, never live in that town because there's a mass murderer apparently every like four months serial killer in this town <laughs> every four months. And then also somebody close to Dexter might turn bad against him or find out that he's this person. Like, I felt like if they left it at like one or two seasons, great show. Mm-hmm. But then it kept going. And I don't understand yeah. why it kept going. Yeah. So I definitely feel like I think the only show in recent memory that I can think of that ended well, that ended good because most series finales suck was <laughs> breaking bad. Yeah. I'll agree four, with you there. Four seasons. And then it ended. Did I like the ending? It was okay. It wasn't the greatest, but I prefer it over like some of these shows that went like 10 seasons or something. And then they yeah. just suck. Their endings just blow. That's the only yeah. show I can think of that ended good with a series finale in recent it, memory. Yeah. And I think, 
what it is. It came down to the audience knowing and understanding that was going to be the outcome. Right. Like the, the, everything that they did up until that point was leading to that conclusion. And as long as you keep handing out these little clues and saying to the audience, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. There really mm -hmm. is no other choice. You kind of prepare them for that, and they become satisfied when they do actually see that ending. Right, exactly. And so. um, it was, yeah, it was just a, a satisfying conclusion to that story, um, because you know Walter he achieved what he wanted. Mm -hmm. He he got, he completed his arc. All these other characters completed their arcs, right? You know, for better or for worse, and it was just a satisfying end. Like you got the conclusion to everything. All right. these, um, these knots were tied and you know, that was it. I think like the thing that I liked about it too, as well was the fact that it also like, it also did what I like about shows. Like there's certain things that were never answered in the show and probably will never be answered, which I think is perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we don't really get an ending of like, even his son, like, I don't think his, like, Walter White's son shows up for, like, the last, like, two to three episodes. Like, you're like, wait, what happened to him? You know what I mean? You yeah. don't really get an ending, like, a true ending with Skylar. It was, like, basically, like, she's living in an apartment by herself, and she's like, leave me alone. Like, did she ever find happiness again? You never really find mm -hmm. anything from, like, Hank's wife. Like, what happened to her? Like, there's a lot mm -hmm. of, like, little things that they could have fleshed out, but they chose not to, and I think that's great. Um, also, I think, like, yeah. the big thing that some fans were mad about, but that I actually liked we never really got like a full fledged story about what gray matter was and how exactly they screwed Walter White out. There's hints and obviously it's kind of obvious if you piece clues together, but I like how they don't just like, it's one of my problems with movies nowadays is that <clears throat> like having a daughter, I go to the movies a lot lately and I don't like how in these movies I'll be watching a movie and I'm like, wow, how are they going to beat this guy? Or like, wow, why is this villain a bad person? And then literally like mm -hmm. maybe two to three minutes later, they literally tell you verbatim why the guy is how why he is like they literally yeah. say why or literally tell you how they are going to beat him. And it, yeah. I don't like that in movies. I like to be shown, not told. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, especially just... in like a visual medium. Like I don't understand why TV shows are doing this anymore. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, it's like, OK, sure, you can pack a lot more story when you tell mm -hmm. the story, like when you literally just read it out. But like it takes away from the medium because you're not using it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of a visual medium. Otherwise, you just put out a book. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, but it's it, it is also a lot harder to do. There's that. If you mm -hmm. want to show something visually, you have to put in a lot more time, thought, and effort into actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I totally agree with you. I really think that you need to show what this history is and not tell like mm -hmm. it's great that they hand out little hints in like say breaking bad you're like mm. okay you know, gray matter was this like that and you get little hints of it from mm. dialogue or uh certain scenes or things like that i think that's the perfect way to do it right um but yeah i don't know man well <laughs> i uh I, I will talk about it next week on no content for sure because I'm gonna watch Black Mirror no matter what. There's yeah. usually here's the thing is at at least with that show, I give it a little bit more grace because like I said, each episode doesn't bleed into the next, so you can can you can treat each individual episode as its own thing, which mm -hmm. I really like. You know what I mean? So you can't. So it's really hard to say, man, this season of Black Mirror sucked. Like it's kind of hard to say that. 
uh, every season, at least for me, has a couple of episodes that I'm like, that was really, really cool. You know what mm. I mean? And at least they didn't affect these other episodes, you know? So sure, we'll yeah. see how it is. Um, if you guys haven't also, Black Mirror's been doing this for the past couple of seasons. They have standalone episodes, which they call their Christmas specials, but it's really just like the in-between seasons. And I would highly recommend you guys to go watch Ban- or go it's kind of weird to say because it's watch and play Bandersnatch on Netflix. Highly recommended if you guys haven't already. Have you played it or watched it, Pixel? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So it's really interesting. Like when I first saw it, I was like, wait, this is Netflix. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like they're moving into this sort of like weird gamification of, uh, of shows or their TV shows. Mm hmm still like an illusion of choice going on like you know sometimes your choices lead to like just an end and it takes you back into the previous choice and makes you choose again so i i think that's like kind of the point and i don't have to spoil it but i think that's kind of the point i think even those endings kind of make a point in the whole over arc arcness of what bandersnatch is supposed to accomplish you know sure yeah but it's a cool experiment Definitely. I, I kind of like I like it when when companies take little risks like that mm-hmm. because it opens up all sorts of possibilities with what it could be. Right. Um, so have I you think... checked out, by the way, Bear Grylls uh, new show on there on Netflix by any chance? It's a new show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bear Grylls has his own. He's the guy that's like he fights in the wilderness, right? Yeah, and he tries uh, to survive. Drinks a certain liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they did. Bear Grylls did the same thing. It's interactive. Oh, really? Bear Grylls. Cool. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. But apparently, Bear Grylls, it's like living in the wild or something like that. I forgot what it is, but like you're supposed to try to like survive with like Bear Grylls in the wild. It, it's obviously more staged, right? But I mean, like, hmm. I guess you can get them hurt or whatever. But um, I don't really know how it works because it's. I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. the thing with him that I always feel bad about with Bear Girls is I never feel bad for that dude, right? The dude I always feel bad for is his cameraman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whenever he brings a cameraman, like, they never give that homie any credit. You know what I mean? But that dude, like, <laughs> slinging through it with them. You know what I mean? Right, and that guy's right. like, crap, what did I sign up for again? <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot. Well, see, like, the cameraman gets to, like, take sandwiches and snacks with him. And Bear Girls Does he, though? Does he, though? Oh, I'm sure the cameraman gets like all sorts of like, you know, actual food. <laughs> really? You would think so? Yeah, I would assume yeah. he's not bears like not nah, dog. Just <laughs> <You gotta laughs> sling this out with me, homie. I don't know. Maybe there's some of the cameraman there like, yeah, you know what, I could do that too. Give me that grub. <laughs> and just eats it and deals with it or <laughs> just whatever. Eats it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, they're probably like, you know, having a competition to see who can eat that like as many bugs as the other. Yeah, but right. I, I'm pretty sure, like, okay, so there's probably, like, cameraman, there's Bear grills, and there's maybe, like, a producer uh, mm-hmm. with them at any given time, and they probably have, like, actual food. Yeah, uh, eh, you might be right. Who was the other guy that was, like, there was Bear grills, and then there was, like, some other dude, remember? Who also did survive survival stuff. And they were kind of, like, competing against each other. Do you remember this? Or? Oh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I don't he remember was, the dude's um, name. If it comes back to you, let me know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, just let me know if that comes back to you. Speaking of things that are lost and forgotten, though, um, Artifact came back on Twitch <laughs> briefly last <laughs> week that we never talked about. This dead yeah. Omega Lol 
type of game. This was a topic that we were actually going to cover last week, but we went really long last week because we actually talked about the phase phase banks and Tifu thing was last week, mm-hmm. um, which we don't actually have any updates about. Um, but kind of wanted to talk briefly about this article or just what happened, and we kind of have some Kotaku stuff and some other articles, I guess, that we can kind of loosely basing off of, uh, you know, what it has to do or whatever. But, um, yeah, do you want to do you want to kind of take this uh, kind of take this article or topic pixel or do you want do you do you want me to kind of the, the one internet, about uh, internet, Yeah, like what happened, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, without naming names, there's a certain streamer who uh, has a meme in their community. And it was basically like checking to see how Artifact was doing every day. Mm-hmm. You just check in, you know, see like how it's doing. You're like, oh, lol, it's only got four viewers. Next day, lol, it's got five viewers. Right. And so they, they kept checking in every now and then. And one day, one of his viewers started up an Artifact stream with um, just some memes on his, on his stream. And it drew his attention, like because it was just like this flashy, really like large card with like white and red text and whatever. Mm-hmm. Saw that and he was like, "Oh my god!" And so it all started because you know one of his viewers wanted to grab uh, the streamer's attention, and then suddenly everybody started doing. Also, the stream was literally after a while. It was literally just zooming in on the streamer's forehead while he was streaming live. <laughs> That's all the stream was, by the way. Just uh, yeah. side note it's- on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like some some of them were just like restreams of like his own stream. It was just hilarious. <laughs> and so all the artifact category just completely flooded with these memes, essentially. And mm-hmm. like a good like eighty percent of them were probably like I I Yeah, yeah there was like a hundred I bots. There was people just working. There was people yeah. restreaming movies, anime, NSFW yeah, it, type of stuff. Oh yeah, like people were just using this for anything and everything. It was ins- it was just nuts. Like artifact became like this meme, like and it was the most popular it's ever been for like the past year or so. Yeah, it literally hit its second highest peak ever. <laughs> just not with yeah. no one playing artifact except except two like two to three people. Bless their souls were actually playing artifact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like oh. you know, it's it was amazing. I'm I'm like actually looking at the artifact category right now, and none of them are playing artifact. <laughs> Yeah, so right now, so essentially, like, people were even restreaming, like, movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And stuff like that as well. Um, um, I think also kind of what took off with the artifact, like, movie thing from what I understand, but this could be wrong, was that, like, a streamer was actually trying to play artifact, but the queues were taking so long because the game has roughly about 160 people playing it. If you guys didn't know, a few months ago, Artifact basically said they're going to halt any type of hotfixes or expansions to the game until they mm-hmm. rework it. Then, like, a couple of months later, with no word from the Twitter, social media, anyone, they announced, Valve announced that they were actually going to come out with their own version of Auto Chess, which a lot of people are like, okay, so Artifact's officially dead now. Um, mm-hmm. But this guy was actually was like his stream title was watching Avengers Infinity Wars while waiting in queue for a game. And a, this streamer who kind of blew this up apparently went back and checked on it or something like that. And he, after the movie was done, the guy still wasn't in a game. So oh a, a meme developed from that where people were like literally just watching movies 
in the artifact section, like full screened. But then their titles would be like watching, you know, Inception, watching whatever, Desperate Housewives, watching Naruto, <laughs> waiting for, yeah. a, you know, artifact queue to pop. So um, Twitch was pretty heavy to, I think it was weird. Like I felt like Twitch allowed it. And then they didn't allow it, and then they allowed it. Like it was very yeah. weird. Like some streams were getting shut down, some were not. Obviously, the NSFW ones were getting shut down pretty quickly, sure. but a lot of them stayed up for a while. I feel like, you know, it's probably because of like the reporting and stuff like that. Probably just didn't know. I right. mean, I'm I'm like you know kind of positive about it, like trying to stay positive. Mm -hmm. But I mean, eventually it got to the point where Twitch actually cracked down on it like really hard. Right. Um, and I think the, um, they put out this notice saying that new accounts cannot stream. And I think it was due to Artifact. Yeah. And oh, all yeah. Of these like meme streams and stuff like that. So they yeah. implemented that and they implemented two factor authentication for all new accounts because of it. No, no, no. It's if you're streaming. You can make a if new if you can make a new account still without two factor authentication. But if you do stream from now on, you need to have two factor on. Mm, OK. Which is which I think is okay. I don't find that a big deal to be honest. I feel like more companies should be doing that anyway. And when you hit mm. affiliate status anyway, they force you to put on two factor authentication anyway. That's yeah, that's fair. I mean, two factor. I think everybody needs to have that on anyway. So I'm not yeah. too like like you know mad about it or anything like that. Mm. But I think it's still like I think it was a reaction to what happened in Artifact. Yeah, and. Also, I want to say that we didn't see this happen until like Kotaku and Polygon and a couple other big, um, like mainstream video game websites like wrote articles about this. They were yeah. their articles were like th maybe two to three days late. I want to say from when this actually started, and and then like the next day, I felt like, or like maybe even less, like twelve hours later, like Twitch was mm -hmm. like doing something about it. I think this kind of shows too that like, um, as Twitch gets bigger, like you know. It's going to be hard to crack down on a lot of this stuff. And you know what I mean? The thing with like YouTube yeah. is they have such a solid algorithm out there to where and also it's like an uploaded video. So it's very obvious what's mm. happening, but it's very hard I feel like sometimes to catch like live streams probably are a different beast when it comes to like automated like flagging or moderation, right? On like Twitch's end or if they even have that infrastructure in place or whatever. You know mm. what I mean? To where this I mean... stuff can happen. I mean, for music, it actually technically is possible to, you know, um, just basically see if they have copyrighted music on the stream and somehow, like, mute it live. I think that actually is technically possible, but, like, it's but very if it's expensive still, to do. Yeah, and then also, if it's still video there, it doesn't really matter, depending on, like, what type of NSFW material it is. Like, people oh, sure, are still, yeah. you know, so... NSFW think... stuff is, like, hard to capture. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where if this was done, if this like meme was in the Hearthstone section or Fortnite section or any section that had above like, because remember guys, like before this artifact was at like five viewers, it was the bottom rung, one of the bottom rung games on Twitch, right? Mm -hmm. If this, but if this was done in like a bigger section, this would have been shut down like pretty fast. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like because it was done in a smaller section, it relied on like people actually having to report the stream. Yeah. And and that's what took so long for them to respond to it or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so um, yeah, it went under the radar for days. Yeah, I think I, I think also, um, I will say I don't know if it was only artifact. To be fair, there were some issues before this, according to live stream fails and a couple of other places. 
there were articles coming out around the same time saying how people were basically like going into the just chatting section and just restreaming like NSFW material there as a meme, yeah. quote unquote, and those and like view botting it or like boosting the viewership on it so that it would be on like the front page of like just chatting. So I feel Ooh. like it was probably also a knock to like stop that type of stuff from happening. I'm sure there's ways to get around two factor authentication though, but yeah. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, man, I miss old Twitch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think it. I think it's fine or whatever. I mean, I I get it or whatever. It's whatever. Um, I think the funny thing though is still that kind of like you were saying. Um, I'm currently in the artifact section right now live. And um, there is still uh, 50 view 60 viewers in here, at least. And none of them are playing Artifact. All of them are miscategorized in their games. One guy's <laughs> some people playing League or Minecraft or whatever. And it's just kind of funny that, you know, even now, and we kind of talked about this on Deep Thoughts like a long time ago, like it doesn't really matter how many times they split up a category. It doesn't matter that they split up IRL into 50 mm -hmm. million sections or whatever. Um, when, you know, we when everyone's just going to be in just chatting or everyone's just going to be in like one to two categories anyway. So why does it really matter if these things are like right. split up anyway? Right. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like Twitch kind of has, I think that might be in my opinion, the next like battle that Twitch does, we'll have to see, but I wouldn't be surprised if like in the next like year or so, we do see like Twitch coming down on maybe people miscategorizing. It might be possible. I don't know. I Here's the thing, man. It's... Advertisers are very powerful. I think with Twitch mm -hmm. pushing more advertisements, you know, in, into the scene or whatever, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, miscategorization might be a thing that they actually like take up take upon them. You know what I mean? It's, because yeah, it's really possible. Because because say like somebody is in League of Legends or something playing League of Legends, but they're in, but they're in the Fortnite section or they're in like a smaller section or whatever, right? And that mm -hmm. metadata is obviously being pushed to advertisers who are going to then say, oh, this person's streaming this type of game. Let's push these type of ads because my client wants these type of ads. Wait, they're not actually playing that game. So they're advertising their game in a wrong channel. We're advertising our ads to the wrong type of viewership. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's so, like, you know, showing a computer technology to someone who's uh, streaming cooking or something like that. Right. Instead of actual like food related ads. Right. Or, you know, just like people playing video games and, you know, they're in the cooking section for whatever reason. I, you know, I can totally see that. Also, side note, why the heck, Twitch, did you inject ads into our VODs? I'm so angry about that. Have you Ooh. noticed this? I watch a lot of VODs on mobile nowadays, and I'm pissed because literally every 20 minutes, I'm getting an ad on the VOD. I haven't seen this yet. And on mobile, at least. And I know for a fact that they did not run ads in their streams. These are, like, streamers that, like, I watch that, like, I know for a fact do not run ads. Okay. You know, I, I think that part of that is, like, Twitch pushing the mobile platform as, like, the, oh, yeah. the, the platform of choice for, like, any kind of con consumption. Any, like, VODs, streams, anything like that. Because it's so much better at delivering ads. Yeah, because, because there's no ad block. be blocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It like, pisses like, me so off, dude. You, ha you have to go into the Twitch app and, you know, Twitch obviously controls every avenue of that. So you can't like block ads and anything like that. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're going to push that platform as much as possible. And so I totally believe it. If they're injecting ads like into the middle of VOD, yeah, I totally believe it.
And the reason why I know this is because I rewatched my own VODs to see if they were doing it to me, and they did it to me, and I don't have the option to run ads. So apparently we're getting ads what? ran on my VODs too when we record these podcasts or stream them, which I think is ridiculous. Every tw- 15 to 20 – literally every 10 – it was either 10, 15, or 20 minutes, and it even worked like YouTube where if I scrubbed past the 10-minute mark or whatever on the VOD, it would sometimes play an ad because Ooh, I skipped that like good. trigger or whatever. Like what the heck? And I'm – no – I don't think I would get much money, but still, it's kind of dumb that it says supporting – you are supporting Twitch. At least give me yeah. some of that when you're injecting ads onto my VODs. I don't know. I'm going to get banned <laughs> probably after this, but whatever. <laughs> it just – I know I would get literally cents, but it would make the wound sting a little bit. Right, right. Just a little bit if I was able to at least control the ads on my own stream. Sure. Or at least, if you're going to inject them, at least throw me five bits or something. Like, at least that, so I can give it to some other streamer or yeah, some type yes. of current. Like, I would not even give me the five cents in my PayPal. Literally say, like, okay, we're injecting ads on your thing. We will give you bits into your account for the, the ads that are watched. And then give you an ad button yeah. that you can run for PayPal money. I don't even care. It's just, it's dumb. Yeah. I don't like it. You know what, Hell, I, I will take a single bit if I have to watch an ad. A single one. Yeah, why not, not man? Five. Yeah, me like, and Pixel I, will split the bit <laughs> on our own, our own single on our own vods, dude. A triangle. My vod numbers are feeling pretty weak right now because of like uh, I think because of that, to be honest. Man, that's yeah. Really e- crazy. Here's the thing: even highlights, dude. We so here's the thing: if you guys didn't know, we highlight the vod every single time. So that we we highlight the we highlight the vod of our episode of mm-hmm. what we recorded. We then take those vod. We just then take those highlights and then we upload them to YouTube. And that's also where we rip the audio from. So there are there is a select there is a select amount of people on uh, our Twitch who do watch um, the highlights. Um, I can even like throw up the analytics right now. Ninety views, sixty mm-hmm. views. We had sixty views on the last uh, episode or whatever. Those numbers are going down because even in highlights they're throwing up ads <laughs> like why twitch i don't understand why imagine like i i think it's gonna keep going like when are we gonna start seeing ads and clips and it's yeah and it's weird too because like at least on youtube at least on youtube i need to say okay put ads on this video mm-hmm. regardless of i'm making money off of them or not right at least i have to say that i don't know anywhere where i agreed to this so it's kind of lame i don't know i don't like <laughs> it man but yeah i agree with you there might be ads on clips before or after like five second ad 10 second ad or something like that yeah. end of it i don't know i could totally it, see it'll that probably be, it'll probably be in the beginning honestly yeah and that's a lot end. of miss if you think about it some like some of like some of my clips even my clips that i've clipped from like other streamers tons of views so yeah. i could totally see them being like that's a lot of missed revenue or whatever Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, if they don't put ads like before a video, they'll put it as like little tiny um, pop-ups or banners or something like that in in the video. Yeah, totally. Like, so I have I can, probably two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand views on all the clips that I've clipped of channels. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of gracing over like my clips right now of like how many I have. Right, that's a lot of missed revenue for them. Could be. Oh yeah, and absolutely. then times I mean, that by how many people clip every day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is going to be like the next uh, battleground. I think it's going to be like putting ads into clips for sure. Um, and just where else can they put it? Like they they had that goal to increase their ad revenue by X amount 
whatever that number was. It was it and was one point five times. I remember one point five times. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. year over to year. Year over year. That's insane. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. So. So like yeah like there's only so many places that you can place ads and clips are probably going to be the next thing. And I'm looking at the rest of Twitch, like, okay, where else can they put them? They've already got banner ads. They've already got sidebars. They've got ejected ads. Like, I don't know like what's next. Just like, Oh yeah. Like sponsored streams. Those are pretty much ads. Yeah. I mean with the Um, bounties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, we're going to start seeing a lot of it, like whether it's like over or just like kind of under the radar, we're going to see a lot more coming. Yeah. And like I said, Twitch, like if I at least give affiliates, like I probably would never use it. I'd probably test it just for laughs to see like how much we would make or whatever projected. But I mean, like Mm -hmm. at least give affiliates at this point like an ad button or if you don't give them an ad button, at least give affiliates the ability to make some type of small revenue cut, even if it comes in the form of bits, even if it comes in the form of pennies or dimes to (laughs) like their VODs or their highlights, you know, because at this point there's a lot of affiliates that are like pretty big, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 200 viewers, 300 viewers. I mean, we average sometimes on this, uh, on this show when we're recording or streaming, you know, 78 we've seen sometimes 100 people in here you know what i mean but yeah. I, I just feel like kind of like gimped a little bit when it comes to like i didn't ask for these ads to be on these vods or these highlights at all i didn't check a box that said yeah sure you can do this it's apparently it's just part of your terms of service now when i stream on here which is kind of i you know that's fair it's your platform but it does kind of suck this sting a yeah. bit yeah and uh i don't see it changing for the better no. like i least think it'll get worse years. Yeah, and you know what? That that Twitch Turbo thing is slightly looking better now. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's something that I don't know. I might. How much is it? It's like nine bucks, right? Yeah, it's like eight or nine bucks a month. Yeah, honestly, it's it's it. Yeah, I agree with you, man. It's getting uh, a lot more appealing for sure for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's not the only thing you get with Twitch Turbo, right? I mean, it's pretty much the only thing you get with Twitch Turbo. Hmm. Ad free viewing with limited exceptions, so you still get ads in some cases. I don't know what that limited exceptions is. I had it for two years, and I never saw limited exceptions, so I don't really know what that means. Ad free okay. viewing, you get a chat badge to brag that you have it. Expanded it's emote a set, or whatever. Expanded emote set just means you can choose like between like four different types of the default like smiley faces. Custom yeah. chat username colors is the same thing that you get if you had Amazon Prime. And then expanded broadcast storage makes it so it bumps up from I believe fourteen days to sixty days. Ah, uh, okay. Which once mm-hmm. again, I don't really care about. We highlight anything on this channel that we care about. So highlights mm-hmm. will never go away. I'm not many people watch past VODs anyway, at least on here. Sure. Yeah, it's $9 a month. Like, yeah, the, the ad-free viewing is the big one. I mean, the thing is, so, that's that's two subs. That is two subs, yeah. You know what I mean? You're basically so, paying for, like, two subs on a channel. Yeah, and, and you know what? Those two subs, if they're for channels that you already watch, then you, you can sub to those channels and get ad-free viewing anyway. Yeah. So... Why not support the streamer instead? Yeah, I don't know. It it it's hard because I I want to do that, but then at the same time, 
like, you know, there are times at, at night or whenever when the streamer that I am sub to isn't on, I mm-hmm. do like to like, quote unquote, I guess like channel surf. You know what I mean? I'll go mm-hmm. through my follower list and like see people. And it does kind of, it is disheartening when it's like, I get into it. It's like, oh, 30 second ad. Cool. Yeah. And then I stay there for like five or 10 minutes. And then I switch to another one on mobile and it's five. It's another ad because I think the timer is like 10 minutes or something like that. Uh, oh, for the ad, on the ads on mobile or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's not like you'll instantly get an ad, but it is kind of annoying to be yeah. like, to be like, or, or I even had this experience recently where it was like um, on mobile and one of one of the streamers was like, okay, we're going to go host and raid this person. I'll talk to you guys later. Ad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. It's oh, so oh, disheartening. Oh, okay, cool. I'm not going to, I'm out. Yeah. Like I, I, you know what? It hurts discoverability because I don't want to stick around and watch an ad and just wait for this other stream to come around. Like, no, I'm going to go watch something where I don't have to, you know, watch an ad, you know, I'm exactly. sub to a few other channels. So, right. I'm just going to go there instead. Right. You know, um, but I, okay. I think getting off on, I don't know, black closing thoughts, closing thoughts. Cause I don't know. I feel like we've, we can go on forever about this and it would, it, we're yeah. literally just going to go in a circle of complaining, which we probably already have, but <laughs> screw it. It's my, po- it's our podcast, are. my podcast, our podcast, whatever, whatever. Um, uh, yeah. Um, closing thoughts, Pixel, on this topic at least. You know what? At the end of the day, you know, I have to, I have to put up with it, and unfortunately, like, it hurts discoverability to the point where I just don't look at new streams anymore. I just stick to the ones that I know and am, you know, really uh, a part of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, it's just I'm just staying there, and, and I don't venture outside of that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, it's definitely gotten a lot of my friends who watch Twitch, like yourself, like some of my other friends. We'd rather just like message each other on Discord the play-by-play of what's happening rather than be like, hey, come on by the stream. Oh, Honestly, gee, that's really bad. You know what I mean? So um, I do want to say, though, that um, I, I guess we can just briefly mention it because it's kind of part of the same topic before we move on to the real last topic that I kind of wanted to talk about because uh, I've been playing a game and I've been, I don't know, I just beat it. And I'm really excited. But uh, <laughs> YouTube restricted their age limit now. Um, well, kind of with streaming. They said that anyone that's younger than 13 needs mm-hmm. to have a parent uh, present on the stream within visibility for them to be allowed to stream anymore, which has caused a mm-hmm. lot of controversy with a lot of YouTube channels. This only goes for streaming for now, apparently. Uh, we're not really sure how this affects um, you know, YouTube content creators with you know making yeah. videos or whatever. But I know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's been a lot of outcry um, already. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, Fortnite streamers, video game streamers in general that I know have um, created channels on YouTube on YouTube to live stream there because they weren't allowed to live stream on Twitch. Um, you mm, know, and so I've yeah. seen that or whatever. I know, like one, of, like most recently, there's. Um, you know, a Fortnite streamer, he got this kid who was duoing, and the kid was, I think, 10 or 11, and uh, they sent him a computer, and his parents have been in contact with the streamer, so they all know each other, it's cool, they understand the situation and stuff, and this kid started streaming on YouTube, his YouTube now has like 500,000 subs, which is wow. pretty amazing, and yeah, boom, he tweeted out, or somebody on his account tweeted out, like, that he's not allowed to stream anymore. Unless his yeah, parents really are there, sucks. and it, and the thing is, he doesn't have a cam on or anything. But just because of the age restriction, he's not allowed to anymore. Which I think is like I don't know, kind of disheartening. But I, on the flip side, I do understand why. Why this yeah, stuff is yeah. happening, you know? Yeah, YouTube has to cover their ass, and unfortunately, 
I don't know if there was anything like specific that caused YouTube to make this decision, but it, it really there, sucks. And there, you know there what? is back to Switch. Yeah, there is, and I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of what it is. I mean, I'll definitely let. Do you do you know what it is, or you have no idea? I don't know. I'll I can I can tell you off stream, but I'll I'll let. But <clears throat> I will say this. Um, there has been a ex- couple of exposure videos over the last month or so that have shown that um, there's a lot of let's just say I don't want to get like demonetized or like get in trouble. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to word this correctly. There's a lot of weird people out there that specifically watch videos of younger people, whether it be on stream or in video content, doing things that are totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, who are who have gone in trouble and the algorithms kind of screwed up, if that makes sense. I Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's been happening a lot recently on YouTube where people are uploading dance recitals or them singing and it's just the kid themselves or they're live streaming it by themselves and there's a lot of like creeps and weirdos out there that are like kind of taking mm-hmm. advantage of that. And um, someone showed how um, by making a new YouTube account. So if you guys didn't know, your YouTube account, whether or whether you know it or not, or whether you opt into it or not, is saving every single video you click on. And it's kind of creating its own profile. Think of it like Pandora. When you liked a song on Pandora and injected that song into the playlist, you would get more songs that were kind of like that. It would kind of make a spiderweb effect, right, with mm-hmm. that Pandora play- playlist. That's why sometimes you'll start a Pandora playlist, said, let's say Martin Garrix, by the end of you know a week or two, it does. there's no Martin Garrix in it, right? Because it's kind of just yeah. like spiderwebbed or platformed off of that. Uh, basically, someone showed how with like a new YouTube account, it was very easy to find these videos by just clicking like three recommended videos. Jeez. And then the only videos that would show up on your recommended, right, or in your autoplay were these type of videos. Very innocent videos, very good videos. They're allowed to be on YouTube, etc. but they were of like younger people. So I think that was mm-hmm. the reason why Twitch kind of set, stepped in. And then also it would, because of that feature, it would always show recommended live streams of a younger audience. So I think that was gotcha. the reason why they kind of cracked down mm-hmm. on this, which I get. I see. Okay. That makes a lot of sense then. But it is like, it is kind of disheartening that YouTube has gone so big and it has been big for so long that mm-hmm. this type of stuff, like it's just, you can't case by case basis this. It, it really sucks. Yeah. They probably had a lot of pressure to step in and you mm-hmm. know, take control of this and you know it's something i guess that had to be done right and you know there's a lot of innocent bystanders that have uh, been affected and so mm-hmm. they're going to have to adjust or find another platform right so i don't know i don't know where that might that those platforms may be there's a couple of platforms out there that are pretty well known for like non-censorship which can be a mixed bag as well so uh anyway kind of going on to a more happier topic I, in the last, like, 24 hours, have relived my childhood. Uh, I'm super happy. And if you guys know about this game, please send an email to us because Pixel doesn't know this game and has never played it, and I'm really sad. Are <laughs> oh, you going to call me out like this? I am going to call you out like that. <laughs> I beat Super Mario RPG again. And, oh, man, dude. Pixel, I'm telling you, you got to play this game. It is one of my favorite right. games. <laughs> it is one of my favorite games of all time. Okay, do they have like a um like a remake of it on like Switch or something? Yes. So there's remakes on like virtual consoles and stuff like that as well. Uh that you can okay. get it, that you can get it from. It's it's so fun. It's so 
just a little history about this. It's the end of the Super Nintendo era. This uh, the second generation of consoles is going to come out, right? PlayStation One's kind of on the horizon. Like Sega's coming out with this like new console, and Square Enix is still in bed with uh, Nintendo, right? They came out with Final Fantasy II, Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo, right? And mm-hmm. they decide to do a collaboration that a lot of people freak out about at the time. Um, basically, in my opinion, and it's not even in my opinion. Square Enix confirmed this. This was kind of like my generation's Kingdom Hearts, right? Where we had Kingdom Hearts kind of collaborating mm-hmm. with Disney and kind of merging these two games, these two games formulas together. It's like, what the crap? How does this work? And it does. They did the same mm-hmm. thing with this, but it was with Nintendo and Square Enix. Mm-hmm. And they made this game called Super Mario RPG. Um, Really, it's just a really fun game. It's it's turn-based it's it is a it's a traditional jrpg but it's simpler than that um Mm -hmm. there are only there are only um attack uh attack defense mana uh magic attack magic defense and then health so there's no speed so Mm -hmm. even just the randomization of just like which character attacks versus totally random every turn which i kind of like um, there's also little quick time events. If you can if you can time your attack correctly, whether that be a magic spell or an attack spell, you do like a bonus damage. As well as there's, you defend at any point because of this. So if your opponent attacks and you time the attack right, the end of the attack right, you can actually defend from it and actually take mm-hmm. less damage. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It's really fun. It um, also a couple of other things that uh, have to do with the game. Um, it's very simple on like the grinding in the game or whatever i think max level is 30 i beat the game at like 27 28 without ever like and that was me just playing through the game killing every mob just kind of going through the game mm-hmm. um if you rush through it there's obviously like little things that you can do to kind of get boost or get help but it's more of like you don't have to grind in the game you just need to play smart and you should be fine which i really enjoyed mm-hmm. too as okay. well um it took me about i don't know 12 hours to beat so it's a pretty it's a pretty short game um, I think the thing that's really unique about it is that you have um, you fight in kind of like it's Super Nintendo, so sixteen bit, so it's kind of three D ish, but it was on the verge or cusp of being three D. There's a mm-hmm. lot of three D platforming as well, which you wouldn't expect on the Super Nintendo. But there's a lot of like um, like going into a dungeon and actually having to like platform over certain things or certain obstacles. Um, your characters like mix of. Like a whole bunch of different genres. Yeah, it's actually really unique, and I really like it. Um, also, side note, it's one of the first games where Bowser wasn't the main boss. Bowser actually joins your team as a Bruiser tank character, so you actually play what? as Bowser. You can have bar- you, so you can have five party members: Mario, Bowser, Peach is in it as a healer, and then you have huh. two characters that are unique to this series that unfortunately are owned by Square Enix, so you've never seen them in any other Super Mario game ever. Gino. Mm-hmm who is a uh, like kind of a Pinocchio with a gun <laughs> and in a character named Mello, who is a cloud, like a cloud person. He's like a Nimbus cloud type of person. And he does like electric attacks, snow attacks. He can like change the weather and stuff like that. It's really cool. I know you weren't kidding when you said like, this was like your generation's kingdom hearts. Yeah. It's so good. It's so it's just so fun. The comedy in the game is really good, even though it's like probably geared towards little kids. It's very nostalgic for me or whatever. People making mm-hmm. fun of Mario 
all this type of stuff. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of inside jokes and just throwbacks to like earlier games or whatever. People making fun, yeah. fun of Mario because he's not like flat, like flat chested because he's not 2D <laughs> anymore because he's 3D, you know, like just little funny things like that. And I think it's like came from a time when like gaming was a little less like PC, you know yeah. what I mean? And like a little less like politically correct. And I love that about it. Um, there's even just like one of the strongest items that you can get in the game with Bowser. Cause there are, a, there is equipment management. Once again, very mm -hmm. light. I think every character has about eight weapons they can get. And obviously they progressively get better. So it's very obvious what to get. But one of like mm -hmm. the best weapons for Bowser is called the hurl gloves where he literally just grabs Mario <laughs> while he's playing. And like, while you're playing him, he just literally just grabs Mario and throws him at the enemy. <laughs> and, it, and if you time the attack right, he grabs him by the pants again and throws it at him. And then while Mario is oh, being thrown, funny. a little like miniature paper mache Mario stands in his place. Like, he's supposed to be standing. Just, like, really fun things like that. Or if Mario's frozen or out of combat, he throws the doll instead of Mario, and it does less damage. Oh, that's funny. Just things like that. Uh, just things like that or whatever. Um, there's little small interactions. For example, if Bowser comes in contact with Goombas or Koopa Troopers or anything, they'll automatically run away. There's a 50% chance of them running away mm. because they recognize their boss, so they don't want to mm -hmm. fight him. Um... Things it's like that. Kind of cool. It's, it's like it's little, a little strategy. Yeah, it's it. it's re it's a really good game. I highlight. There's little Easter eggs and little fun things in there as well. Um, one of the things that um, I really liked that I found out as a kid just from boredom, which really brings me back, uh, is that after you beat these bosses later in the game, they actually travel back to previous places in the game. Now, there's no back back traveling in this game. You never have to mm -hmm. go back to an older town. There's really no point to. But if you do, you're rewarded with that, which I really like. Mm -hmm. So kind of as a kid, I back-traveled to this town, and I found one of the old bosses, and he plays this juggling game with you, like guess which hand the yellow ball is in. And mm -hmm. after guessing like maybe 50 times, he'll give you this like casino card. And then you take this casino card and can enter like a tunnel that's like way later in the game that you don't think is accessible and you get to go to a casino where you actually get to play blackjack and stuff for items. It's like yeah. little things like that. Like you would never find that out on your own. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. you're a dedicated fan or whatever. And I don't know. I, I really like the game. Um, now here's the thing. Whenever I'm playing old games, it's because I have this really huge sense of nostalgia mm -hmm. and I'm looking at it with rose colored glasses. But really, mm -hmm. if I look at it objectively, there's a lot of things that I would actually change. Right, or a lot right. of things that really would bug me. Right. Is this a game like that for you? Like, is there stuff in there that you would be like, this would never fly today? Yes and no. Yeah, in a way. But here's the thing. I'll say this about my gaming history, okay? I do not replay old games. To anyone who knows me um, for, like, a long period of time, I do not like replaying old games. Mm -hmm. um, this is probably i've probably replayed this game like three times and that's a big deal for me and i probably won't play this game for another like five or six years i just do not like <laughs> playing old games i feel like most games improve or i go back to them and they suck for example i've only been ocarina time once great game love the game can never play it again i tried to play it again one time when it was i believe mm -hmm. out on gamecube or the 3ds hated it because the mechanics <laughs> and everything have not aged well you know what I mean? So yeah, for yeah. me, yes, there's a little bit of nostalgia in the game for sure, but I'm not a nostalgic gamer. 
So for me, that should probably okay. say something about the game. Is that like I actually enjoy playing, like actually enjoy playing the game or whatever, yeah. to where I would play it. Okay. I would highly recommend anyone to ever that has uh, hasn't played it. It's called. Uh, I think the you can. It's literally people just call it Super Mario RPG, but I'll get the full name or whatever. It's like the worst title title or ever or whatever. Um, it's called Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars or whatever. Um, really, really, I really, really like the game. Um, they had some spiritual successors. So the spirit, spiritual successors that you guys probably heard of, um, they were planning to make Mario RPG 2. And then Square Enix was like, nah, fam, we out. And they just left. And then the game they decided to make was called Paper Mario. Mm, I so, see where I got the idea from. So Paper Mario is definitely inspired by Mar uh, Super Mario RPG. They also came out with two games on the DS called Mario and Luigi. Apparently one of them is called Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Another one is called <laughs> Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. And apparently both of those games are also spiritual successors to Super Mario RPG. Wow. Yeah. It seems like, it's like it was like the, uh, the father of a lot of different games. Yeah. Like and the inspiration. Yeah. And the thing, and the thing is, is that it didn't do too well when it initially came out because it was on like, it was one of the last games. It was the last first party title to be released on the Super Nintendo, mm -hmm. I believe, and one of the last games in general. Mm -hmm. So they released wow. it on its way out because it took so long, like a long time to develop the game. Mm hmm. But it seems like it had an impact. Like it was so unique for its time that whoever played it, like, was like, "Oh man, this, they had some really good ideas," and they started to branch out from that and kind of use it as a base for another game. Yeah, for sure. And just like little things, like just like there's light platform, there's like light platforming. There's like um, there's actually like puzzle solving and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would really, really recommend anyone to, to play the game. It's really fun. Whenever I talk to anyone who's played it, they've said that it's like one of their favorite games of all time, one of their favorite, uh, JRPGs wow. of all time or whatever. Um, all amazing. also, um, one of the things that I like about the game, which I feel like a lot of JRPGs do not do anymore, but it's kind of coming back is it doesn't work like in Pokemon or final fantasy where you're just kind of walking around in an open field. And then all of a sudden, boom, random encounter. And then you have to, mm -hmm. you're stuck fighting with something. The models of the care, the models of the enemies are actually physically on the screen. So you can actually mm -hmm. just run around them or jump over them as Mario or hit them with the hammer oh, and stun them and that. run around. Or you can jump into it knowing what at least one of the enemies is going to be because you see its shade of color and what it is and et cetera mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, the, and the enemies move differently as well. So for example, there's a scene where you're in a forest and you're trying to get out and there's a bunch of those like weird like worms you know what i'm talking about like yeah. those yellow worms or whatever they're in mario and they're all jumping around yeah yeah uh and if you jump on their body they just start freaking out and going red and start like galloping all over the place but if you hit them in the head you get them you jump into combat right just like mm -hmm. in the original mario games there's like bees flying around they'll actually chase you because they're bees there'll be slow characters like chameleons or starfish where you have to physically touch them but you can jump over them it's really good mm -hmm. game um it's really quirky yeah, it's really good. I don't know. You should check out some video footage, gaming footage of it. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, Super Mario RPG. It's uh, it's twelve hours of your life. That's well worth it, in my the opinion. The official recommendation from Ryan Kubo right here, mm -hmm. the seal of approval. Yeah, it's the only game I've ever gone back to, like multiple times. This the the next game that I'm gonna go back to. I think in my free time, maybe even stream it because this game is gonna take a really long time. 
is uh, Sukoiden uh, 2, which is like one of my favorite uh, JRPGs as well, which no one's ever heard of. I've heard of it. I've just never played it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Uh, it's my other game that I would say is my nostalgia trip for sure, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It came out at the same. The, it came out in the same week or couple of weeks as Final Fantasy VII in the mm. states, oh, which is the reason why it did awful. Yeah, um, that, it, that'll do it. This one is more of a Japanese RPG, uh, traditional Japanese RPG in a sense, but. So basically the generalized story of it is your two kids who join an army that need to fight over to fight and kill this enemy. You um, get betrayed by your army and then you kind of rise the ranks and get revenge and become a general. The unique thing about the game was that there's over 125 characters that can be obtained through random events. So, hmm. so you don't just go on a side quest to go on a side quest to get more XP. You go on a side quest to a village and you might, obtained from the side quest from this random village that's not even marked on the map three to four characters that are all playable in your party that's nuts yeah so the combinations of characters are ridiculous yeah that 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 is crazy like that's unheard of today yeah so um once again number two is the best one in my opinion i really enjoyed that one i feel like a lot of uh players have also said like that's the best one uh, as well, whatever. Highly recommend it. Um, it did awful in the States. So the game sold for like, the game the game disc sells for like 800 bucks or something now. <laughs> in mint condition or something like that. It's like one of the wow. games that like, it just did awful. And the way I got the game was because it was for PlayStation 1. And I went to Target. Oh. No, I went to Circuit City. Circuit City was my jam. And I went to Circuit <laughs> City and I wanted to buy Final Fantasy 7. But it was sold mm-hmm. out. At Circuit City, as most things in Circuit City were sold out because they never had anything in stock for some reason at Circuit yep. City. And the guy was like, hey, this game just th- you should try out this game. It's actually a lo- it's actually better than Final Fantasy seven. What? And and honestly, so here's the thing. I bought it and I and so I bought the game. I was nine years old at the time, eight, nine years old, and I couldn't get past the intro screen because the intro screen kind of debates you with what happens. And I had never experienced a Japanese RPG like this, mm-hmm. where I didn't understand what was going on. Where, like, mm-hmm. events happen, and then something happened. Like, I, I don't want to spoil it, but stuff happens, and I didn't really understand. And right, right. the reason why the game is hailed so well is because a lot of people talk about it like you're playing an anime. Hmm. Right? And at the time, I didn't understand. So, for example, in an anime... Usually the first pilot episode, you're just playing, you're just watching an anime, and then maybe like half, like maybe four to five minutes into the anime, then the intro music starts, right? Right, and it shows all the credits. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how this game sure. plays out at the start. And so for me okay. as a kid, I didn't understand that, right? When I see end credits, it means I died, <laughs> right? I lost, right? right so right, I right. bought the game, I played it, my mom wouldn't return it for me, and it actually took me until I was sick, home alone one day, with the flu, playing the game. And passing out and falling asleep during that credits thing, because I just wanted to see like the credits for some reason or listen to the music, waking up and then being like, the credits are done, but I can still play the game. And then that kind of started my addiction with that game for 33 hours. So I beat the game like all <clears throat> I beat that game uh, while I was on while uh, I had the flu. <laughs> so another game highly recommended. I'm definitely going to replay that game probably soon. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like it's 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 like these really special moments 
where you have these games that totally break the mold and just do things that you don't expect. And those are the ones that really stand out in your memory. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, side note, I've never played Final Fantasy VII still to this day. <laughs> never had any interest oh, from it. I never had any interest oh. in it. I've never played it. People are smashing their desks. I know. Flipping them. I, I know. Throwing I, poop on the wall. I know, because all my friends were playing it. So here's the thing. All my friends in school, once again, I was about eight or nine, so I was about third or fourth grade at this time. All my friends had already played the game. So they spoiled it for me. So I told them about my game. They told me about it. Well, it wasn't really spoiling back then. Like you didn't really understand what that meant. So it's like, they told me about their game. I told them about my game. Mm -hmm. Right. So we never, I never felt a need to go buy it. And back then I had limited funds anyway. Right. And then by the time I could buy it, why am I going to buy a game? That's like really, really old. Right. Like that was my child mindset. So I'm just waiting for the remake, the final fantasy seven remake. That's apparently coming eventually. It's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked for it. You know, I actually, you know what? I'm going to admit to, I never finished Final Fantasy VII. Okay. I played it, but I never finished it. Okay. Like, how close do you think you were? I didn't, I didn't even finish the first disc. How many discs were there? Four? Three or four? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, there was a lot more to go. And, this game was uh, only yeah. one disc, so. Ah. So a little bit simpler in that type of sense. Oh, the other thing I like about this game is that once you become a general, like of a, a base or whatever, you mm-hmm. can start taking over other bases and then incorporating like their economy into you. But then the way you take over a base is not by turn by turn, turn by turn JRPG combat. You actually take them over by playing an RTS mini game. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then all your stock or inventory carries over from the last fight. So I'd have like weapons from like two fights ago, but they'd be all old and rusted. Because like mm, a couple of years has passed. So then it's like, are you sure you want to go into battle with these older rusty weapons? It's like, we can make new weapons, but it's going to cost our economy this much. And then you, you might starve. And then I'm like, okay, let's do it. Forget it. We'll starve a little bit. And then because of that, like certain out of the 125 playable characters, um, mm-hmm. some of them are like, hey, man, you came to my village and said like we would never starve again. You lied to us. Like, screw you. And those like four playable characters will just leave. Like, leave your party forever. Like, leave as playable characters forever. Wow. So, like, you actually make choices as a general, and, like, it it has impact in, like, the characters that... And, like, I was like, no, they had all the best gear, <laughs> right? So they just, like, they left. And these, they, you know, so you actually have, like, punishment and stuff, which I really liked about that game. Wow. Um, I guess not leaving you out of the loop, I guess, um, briefly, briefly, or however long you want to talk about it, Pixel, but uh, any games that came up in your mind, like, while we are talking about this, that you're like, man... Like those are some like those are the nostalgia games for me. Like any kind of off the beaten path oh, path man. games that you can think of. If not, we can save it for like next episode maybe. But <clears throat> I mean, there like there are games like that, but mm-hmm. they're they're mainstream games. They're games that are widely and critically acclaimed. But right, and there's I a have... reason for that. Yeah. Right, right, and they're like totally nostalgic for me. They, I I go back every like couple years and I play it again, and I think. The one that stands out the most to me is Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, and okay. It's it's so for anybody who doesn't know, it's a um, it's a it's an RPG game, single player RPG game that is based on like D and D rules, mm-hmm. and like for its time, it was incredible. Like the the storytelling, the acting, the voice acting in it, like it was like this living, breathing world, and it was very very different 
than other games out there at the time. And it was just so rich with detail and story and all these little moments, Mm -hmm. um, especially between characters in your party. Um, that like it's just it was just astounding at the time you really actually started to care about these characters and for me at the time i didn't really get that with any other games like there's just Mm -hmm. so much in there like i remember just tiny little things um you know you have dialogues where the characters that build uh friendships and eventually like you know it becomes something more and it like just felt like these were people that I had known for such a long time, you played with them, you battled with them, you've gone through hell and back with them. And it's just, it, it really holds like a special place for me because I remember distinctly each and every one of the characters that I played with. I remembered who they are, where they came from, what they liked and disliked, how they played, like everything about them. Like it just, it's seared into my memory, just how, amazing this was yeah i mean i i feel like i get that with like some games but not not many anymore which sucks yeah <clears throat> and you know, there, there are points in time where your characters can actually like perma die and mm. i'm like nope i'm not letting <laughs> this happen i'm restarting the game <laughs> right i'm going i don't care how long i have to go back i'm restarting this yeah how how many hours do you think that takes to beat um uh, normal run i'd say between like 40 and 60 hours it's pretty good it was, it was from pc average. right at the time yeah it was a pc game yeah um it was what is what year was it It was like 2001 i want to say 2002 yeah. <clears throat> I, I, um, I i co-opted it with a friend like we both made decisions i remember this oh yeah 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 i honestly man i think the last time i felt like some type of like excitement from a video game because i feel like nowadays i feel like as we get older we're just trying to capture that mo- that feeling we had as kids right which mm-hmm. i don't think unfortunately we'll ever capture again in my opinion because mm-hmm. we're adults and because like we're all about mid-maxing getting, choosing the best character you know what i mean like back then like i didn't care what my character looked like i didn't care if it was like yeah. a this or that or if it had bad stats like oh this person looks awesome i'm gonna play them <clears throat> or i'm having that, fun with like, this person he's... Yeah, not only that, but, like, these these experiences were completely new to us. Yeah. We didn't know what, like, you know, Sequoiden or Baldur's Gate was all about when we got it. Like, yeah. You can't replicate that feeling of, like, just opening up a game for the first time and experiencing right. it for the first time. But, like, yeah. Yeah, you just can't get that again. Like, we, we try to recapture things that we just can't. Right. Um, so I tried to do that with Pillars of Eternity, and, like, uh... I liked the game, but... It wasn't the same. Yeah. yeah, I get you. I I feel like the last time I felt that sense of like I don't know what it is like wonderment or like oh man this is pretty cool, um was probably Bioshock. Okay. Like Bioshock yeah. is one of my favorite video game series of all time, and mm-hmm. here's so here's the thing with me I hate suspense thriller scary games any of that type of stuff, but I got mm-hmm. it. Uh, I got it on a whim. I forgot how again, but I got it. And it was like one of those games, like, I don't think I'm going to beat this because I hate scary mm. games. I hate being jump scared. I hate horror movies. I hate it all. I just do not like that mm. type of stuff. I don't find it enjoyable. And just the first time stepping into Rapture was so cool. Like really yeah. just getting in del- like 
delving into that environment was amazing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I felt, I don't think I even felt the same when it came to like Bioshock Infinite, even though that was like a great game and I love that game as well. Really? Um, Bioshock 1, it was probably the last time I felt like that type of like, wow, mm -hmm. this is really cool. That like, You know what I mean? Like, it, more than it just being like, of course I've played games since then that I'm like, this is a really fun game. This is a really cool game. Mm -hmm. But just that sense of like immersion, I haven't felt yeah. in like, since probably Bioshock 1. You know, I actually had the opposite effect. Really? I okay. actually felt that Bioshock Infinite was so much more immersive. And I, I will always go back and, and um, look at that beginning sequence when you just enter, um, what's the name of that city again? Anyway, Colum whatever the name is. Columbia. Columbia, that's it. Yeah. Um, and when you enter it and you see like these people in robes walking and I think they're like being baptized or something. Oh, that was a good scene. <laughs> that was yeah, yeah. No, that was <laughs> good, like, yeah. When you're walking down, down this river and you and you go towards this little area and it's really dimly lit, these people are carrying candles and walking towards i believe like fountain or something right and then it just kind of like and... opens up and it like yeah 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 and you like realize yeah. that you're on the blimps and stuff like that and it kind of like yeah. gets more brighter that whole, that whole stretch of yeah. like level that the whole design was fantastic i love the design i love the art direction like it was like a stroke of brilliance that hit all the right notes with just like discovering this whole new area this mm. immersive new world it really brought you into this whole world. And it was amazing how um, all, of the, all of the notes kind of resembled Bioshock 1. Mm. If you look closely, if you, you know that, that rocket that takes you up into mm. Columbia yeah. and just kind of like hangs there, those blimps that fly by. Yeah, yeah, closely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That closely, it almost exactly mimics Bioshock 1. When you're going down, and you see like the whales going by your window and everything as you're going you know, mm -hmm. deeper and deeper into Rapture. It was like just incredibly well done. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, I love Bioshock Infinite, but Bioshock 1, man, it just has like a place in my heart. I think my issue with Bioshock Infinite, and I think this was the point of the game, right? Because like, we both played through it, obviously, but it's mm -hmm. like, I think my issue was that it felt too linear. I felt like in Rapture, mm -hmm. I could explore a bit more and I would get lost mm -hmm. a little bit more. And also it was the sense for me personally, I didn't like horror games. So for me, it was more intense to play Bioshock as well, where mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, I really want to explore Rapture, but man, I really hate these type of games. So man, this is a really good game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just kind of like peeking around corners, kind of exploring like Bioshock Infinite by then, like I didn't have that feeling as well uh, as well. And I felt like the game was mm -hmm. a little bit more linear. So where I liked, I, I do agree with every single point you made for me, at least it just felt like they were just like backdrops that I just kind of rushed mm -hmm. through and didn't really have to, I didn't feel a sense of exploration at all in Bioshock Infinite. It was like, Oh, this is just a backdrop or this is just kind of like a waypoint from like point A to point B. I'm just kind of rushing through it. Sure. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. no, I definitely agree with that too. But like, I think that's it's... also because of the storyline of what Bioshock infinite is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it was just game design at that point in time. It, a lot of games at the time just felt more linear or that it had to guide you down a specific path. Mm -hmm. So it was partially, you know, the sign of the times. And I think Bioshock one was more 
um, from an era where, you know, exploration was a little more okay. Like, it did have, like, a guiding system as well in Bioshock, where there was, like, an arrow, right? But the arrow didn't always point you exactly where you needed to go. Whereas I felt with Infinite, there was, like, this... I feel like there was, like, a trail, like, a golden trail in front of you, or something where it was, like, it tells yes. you exactly where to go at all times if ever yeah. you get lost. And I mm-hmm. didn't like that mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, yeah. I so. mean... <clears throat> It was helpful at times, <clears throat> but yeah, I get what you mean. Like, you know, you want to be able to explore and just kind of see this world for your own instead of being told just like, Hey, you know, full circle where we don't like being told what we, um, you do in stories or what happens in stories. You right. Know, we want to be shown. Right. That, that was my thing, but <clears throat> the payoff was worth it. <clears throat> I think, I think the yeah. marketing for Bioshock Infinite was really good because I remember a lot of fans groaning and moaning because it wasn't going to be in Rapture for a third time. And people are like mm-hmm. pissed. They're like, no, no, no. It's going to be called Bioshock, but it's going to be a totally different world. It's in the sky. It's before Bioshock ever happened. So, like, that doesn't even exist right now. So, don't worry. And then it was like the ending comes and you're like, jabated. <laughs> it's <laughs> happening at the same time. You know what I mean? And there's like, can we, can we talk about the ending? It, the, what do you mean? Can we talk? This, when did this, this game came out? Yes, we can talk about the game. In 2013, March 26, 2013, <laughs> we can talk about the ending. Yes, if you haven't played the game, too bad, all right? Um, but yeah, it was like, you just got debated, fools. It's happening at the same time, yeah. actually. Maybe not, kind of, sort of. Like, it, I was, oh. it was, yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting how, like, there are all these parallels, and you didn't realize it until you got to the very end. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was no, a very Elizabeth? good game. Yeah, Elizabeth was a little sister, you know, that big raven bird thing. I forget what it was called, but like that Songbird was... Songbird or something like that? Songbird, yeah. That's yeah. like Big Daddy. Um, Comstock was um, the guy who says... Uh, Adam Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Would you kindly, um, yeah. Would you kindly. Yeah. And um, so, like, there's all these parallels in these games. You don't realize it until the very end. It's like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, it's all part of the same universe. And then you it's know all... that, you know that, like, uh, you know they confirmed it. So hopefully I'm not spoiling this for you. Well, it's not really a spoiler, but you know that, like, obviously, you know, the main hero in, like, Booker was, mm-hmm. uh, who's the guy's name, the main villain in Columbia? Comstock? Yeah, he was Comstock, right? And then you yeah, know yeah, they they're con- the same person. And then you you know they confirmed that Songbird was the same person as well, right? All three of them are the same person. All three of them were Booker. Wait, what? Yeah, I didn't you know didn't that know one. this? Okay, yeah, Booker no. Booker is Songbird. Why do you think he wants to protect Elizabeth so much? Okay, uh, I thought. Oh, I because hmm. I thought uh, Comstock created the Songbird to protect Elizabeth. So I thought it was like purely purely. I mean, creation. yeah, but I mean, I don't. I think that i think they confirmed that it was like he created it right like he created other things like that he said they claims to have created you know what i mean <laughs> um, like i can see him like injecting like because what is a big daddy right like we don't really know what it is you know what i mean like right. using that same technology and maybe injecting like an alternative booker from like an alternative universe into songbird uh, like might be a thing or something yeah. like that right yeah yeah i don't know either way like apparently that's a thing Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. That's kind of that's kind of neat. Yeah, apparently there's hints dropped in the game that say that. Huh. I don't know where exactly. It's been a long time. Yeah, I that completely went went over my head then. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to both replay the game at the same time. Yeah, right. Apparently. Anyway, okay. 
we're cutting right. the podcast off now because it's been like a super long time. I feel like we've gone over like a really long time, and luckily we started this podcast earlier. Yeah, so we're like we're an fine. hour and a half or something. Yeah. yeah, so you guys, you plebs don't complain next week when we say we don't have anything to talk about because next week we might not have <laughs> anything to talk about now at this point. Okay. Yeah, but, right. actually no content. Yeah, actually no content next week. But that being said, thanks guys for hanging out. Um, email us, nostalgia. I actually want to know this. If you guys want to, email email us. Um, the email is in the description of uh, the episode below. So go and email us um, with like just your nostalgia memories if you guys have any. That's nocontentpodcast at gmail.com if you guys want to send that over to us or whatever. I want to hear like what your guys' nostalgia was and maybe we'll just go on a nostalgia trip next week as well. Um, but with that being said, Pixel, where can they find you? Uh, well, you can always find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pixel underscore pusher 101. Cool. And uh, all his VODs have advertisements, so it's great. Yep. Uh, you can it's go 90 guys, minutes of advertising. It's 90 minutes of ads, basically. Go check that out. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, or Instagram at Ryan Kubo. You can also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash S-H-I-G-E-O-S Twitch TV if you guys want to check out VODs of this podcast or any of the other podcasts. Also, kind of started doing this recently, and I think it's really helped out. Check your episode description. Check your show notes, whatever it might be. Check it out below. We have links now to our other podcasts that are on this platform, some with Pixel, some without Pixel, but all the other podcasts that we do on this channel and kind of influence one another as well when we make references are down there below. So go check out the other podcasts if you like this one as well. Anyway, guys, mm -hmm. thanks so much for watching. We literally had no content I said at the beginning of this, and now this is the longest episode that we've ever recorded in history. So Crazy. you're welcome. Anyway, guys, peace out. We'll see you next week. Later. All right. See you guys.